You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast. For more information, go to mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to GTF. Glad that you came to worship with us this morning. My name is uh, Pastor Jory. I'm the senior pastor here at GTF. Super excited that you're here. And I just wanted to um, reiterate something that Pastor April just said. Um, Growth Track is, we have changed that a little bit. And so if you're wanting to get plugged into Growth Track, that's happening right now. And so we're doing that right after worship in the Growth Track room. Like she said, just go down that that hallway. And if you're wanting to get plugged into that, we've made it to where you can jump in at any single week. And so Growth Track 101, we talk about who we are as a church and how you can make GTF your church family, what we believe and all of that stuff. 201, we talk about spiritual growth because we really want you to set your foot out on the right path of growth spiritually. Um, It's a really big value that we have here that we believe that our kingdom purpose is to help people discover uh, God's grace, and that's on the wall, but also that we would grow in our faith, and then for the reason that we would reach into our community. And so that second week, we're going to talk about how to um, develop a lifestyle to where you will continually be growing in your faith as a believer. And then Growth Track 301 is the final week, and that's the week that we'll talk about discovering and discovering who you are in God. And, and discovering what your giftings are and how to plug in and become a part of our dream team and to begin to minister. Because God has called not just me to do the work of the ministry. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that God has given us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. And so the leaders in the church, their job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so we believe that, that you're called to be empowered and released into different arenas of ministry. And so that's what Growth Track 301 is all about. And so I just want to invite you, be paying attention to your bulletins. There's dates in there. Whenever we run the course through, whenever we run that cycle of 101, 201, 301, we'll begin to offer it again in February. So there will be some February dates. And if you missed one of them and you want to go do that, then you can jump in in February and we'll do the same thing in March, okay? Um, also, before I jump into today's message, I wanted to kind of also... Um, put a plug in for deeper. We have been, if you missed church last weekend and you weren't able to be with us uh, on Wednesday, I I laid out a challenge and a call to our church last weekend on Sunday morning, and I called us into a fast. And so um, the reason that I did that is because I believe that the opportunities that God has for us in 2020 are so important that this is a season that's going to require a spiritual calibration. Okay? And so there's a synchronization that we need to do with our spirit and his so that we don't miss what he has for us this year. And I don't know about you, but sometimes whenever God leads me in different directions, have you ever uh, experienced this resistance kind of in you? It's like God's wanting me to go right, and I'm like, no, nah, I really think I want to go left. And there's something that we wrestle against him in our spiritual journey called the flesh. And there's nothing that helps us overcome the power of the flesh better than fasting. And devoting some time to saying no to the things that don't matter in day-to-day life. And so I just basically challenged our church to step into a season of fasting as we go through these Wednesday night services and deeper. We're going to be doing those last Wednesday night was the first one, this next Wednesday night the 15th, and then the 22nd we're going to kind of wrap everything up. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Any, any way that the Lord leads you, I shared kind of last Sunday with how I'm fasting throughout the season. I'd encourage you to get on our podcast or go to Facebook Live and listen to the service if you missed it. But I just want to encourage you to come be a part of Wednesday night. We're setting those services apart as a time to where we can just come into the God's presence, consecrate ourselves, 
for what he has for us in this next year and be ready for what he's calling us to. And so that's going to be Wednesday night, um, this coming Wednesday, 6.30, services start. GTF Kids start at 6.15. GTF Awaken, our youth um, program, is going to be happening in deeper, and so we're including the youth, the junior high and the high school in that as well. And it was just a powerful time last Wednesday night. So I just encourage you, if you weren't able to jump in the first week, jump in the second week, because this is what, this is what I said last week, and I just want to read you this passage. Joshua 3.5, Joshua says to the nation of Israel, Consecrate yourselves. And what that meant for Joshua and the nation of Israel is they all bathed and they all cleansed themselves. And so I really believe that this, this time and deeper is a spiritual cleansing for us to kind of put away some things that are distracting us from the Lord and to consecrate ourselves. And, and Joshua goes on to say in, in verse 5, he says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. He's going to do wonders in your midst. And I just believe prophetically, what I just feel the Lord and the Spirit doing in this next year is that there are opportunities for God to do miracles in our lives. That things that we have been praying for for a long time, that, that God is providing ways for amazing things to begin to happen among us and around us and in our lives. And so I just feel like that there's a response for us to consecrate ourselves, to cleanse us and make ourselves ready for that. Amen? Amen. So come be part of that on Wednesday night with us. Okay, if you have your Bible... Open those up to Mark chapter 8. And one more thing, I forgot, April wanted me to mention this to you. Um, baptism service this month is on the 26th. And so if you would like to be water baptized, we'll be doing that on the last Sunday of the month in January. And so if that's something that you're wanting to do, then there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Grab that, sign up for it, and we'll communicate with you what you need to do to prepare for that. Okay, so Mark chapter 8. I want to read you the statement I wrote down um, as I was praying this week. And I want to talk to you this morning about clarity. We're in the season I started, or we're in the sermon series I started last Sunday titled Calibrate, and I just believe exactly what I just got through unpacking for you, that this is a season for us to calibrate with the Spirit of God so that we can be ready for what He's having us do in our, in our lives. But this morning I want to specifically kind of talk about clarity. And I believe that the season ahead, Jesus wants to restore your vision and give you clarity for what's ahead of you, what's down the road for you in 2020. How many of you are here today and you need clarity in your life? Now some of you, y'all might be in the place where it's like, man, I know exactly what God's doing in me. I know exactly where He wants me to go. But there's times and there's moments whenever all of us experience this spiritual fog sometimes, where you can't really see clearly what's down the road. Amen? And I was just thinking about this this week. You remember a couple of weeks ago, we had that fog that rolled in in that, that cold front. And I was coming up to the church one morning, and it was super early. And, dude, you could not see, I mean, just, you couldn't see past your headlights in the dark. And, and one of the things that I was thinking about as I was remembering that fog is, whenever things are cloudy and whenever things are foggy and things are not clear, it's dangerous. you got to slow down you got to pay attention to what's going on. And so if you're in that moment in your journey with God where things are not super clear, where things are really cloudy and things are really fuzzy, there's, a, there's something, I think, an imperative from God's hand where He wants to encourage us to step into a, 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 a seeking, where He wants to step, us to step into a place where we're asking for clarity. And I believe that God, as we ask for that, is going to do it for us. It's his delight 
to clear the fog. It's his delight. Even Pastor Bo was praying this before we stepped into worship this morning, that there would be clarity, that there would be a, a clear atmosphere above us as we're worshiping God. In your journey with God, you need to be able to see the road before you. You need to be able to see where there's obstructions, where there's dangerous things, and where there's things that are in the way so that you do not have a wreck spiritually. And so I want you to look at, at, at Mark chapter 8, and as we talk about clarity, um, this is a powerful account of Jesus healing the blind man. So Father God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you, God, for the season that we individually are in right now. And I ask you, God, that by the power of your Spirit, that you would come and that you would bring clarity among us today. For those that are needing to hear from you this morning, God, I pray that you'd speak clearly, that you would remove the noise, that you would remove the fog so that we can see clearly, God, so that we can know exactly what you're asking of us in the moments to come, in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at verse 22. It says, And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up, and the blind man said, I see people but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, Do not even enter the village. Now, many of us, like I said, may be struggling with a little bit of fuzziness for the road to come. There may be some blindness even that you're struggling to see clearly what God has for you in your journey right now with Him. And if you're in this place today and you need clarity, just like this man needed a miracle in his life, come to Jesus. Jesus is the one who can bring things into focus in your life and clear things up like nobody else can. And I just feel like, as I was kind of sharing that analogy about the fog, is there's a moment in, 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 in this fogginess that sometimes this thing is inside of us where we feel like, you know, I think I can just muddle my way through this. I, I think I can just kind of press forward and I can kind of figure things out. And I just feel like that the Lord just wants to encourage us to stop pull over and ask for some help. And specifically to ask him to get involved with the fogginess that's in your life, and he's the one that's going to bring clarity. Do not make the mistake of not asking Jesus to bring clarity into your life. You know, whenever Jesus was talking to the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, he brought counsel to them, and I really feel like as I'm sharing this message with you this morning, this is honestly a word of wisdom from the Lord for the next year of your life. As you stand here in January, and, and we're in a new year, and there's things ahead of us, and there's, like I talked about last weekend, opportunities that are going to come. Every single new year brings new opportunities. God opportunities and opportunities of the flesh. And as we stand here with all of these opportunities before us in the next year, then God is wanting to release this word of wisdom over his people to say, don't forget to ask me. 
Ask me for clarity. Ask me for wisdom. Ask me for counsel. This is what he said to the church in Laodicea in chapter 3, verse 17 of Revelation. He said, for you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I don't need anything. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. In other words, you need a healing touch of clarity in your life. In so many other ways you need a healing touch, but he specifically points to the effects of blindness. He says, you don't even realize that you can't see. And you're claiming that you don't need any help. Can you imagine being blind and not asking for help? Just trying to muddle your way through life. I'm just telling you, you're going to have a lot of bumps and bruises if you try to do it that way. What Jesus goes on to say, listen to these words in verse 18. I counsel you. I'm here to give you some wisdom. I'm here to give you not just advice. Wisdom from the hand of God is way better than advice. I come to give you counsel. And he said, I counsel you to buy from me salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Jesus says, here's the solution to the issue that's going on in your journey. If you need clarity, this is what I counsel you to do. Come to me. Come to me, Jesus. And I counsel you to buy from me some salve to put on your eyes and an, an ointment to put on your eyes so that you'll be able to see. And this is my, my, my question to you is, what is it that you and I are going to use to purchase that salve with? Because newsflash, the dollar bill has no value in the kingdom of heaven. Neither does the yen or the euro or any currency that we use in this life. Gold, silver, nothing. What is the currency that Jesus is requiring of us to purchase this salve from him so that we can have, see clearly? So that we have clarity in our life and be able to see the road ahead, and that is your pride. Jesus puts his finger right in the middle of the church in Laodicea's problem. He says, you don't even think you have any problems. You don't even think that you're blind. You said, I've prospered, I don't need anything, I'm good, 2020 is just going to take care of itself. And what Jesus is saying is, this is, what I'm in, this is what I'm counseling you to do, come to me, I'm just telling you, that is the first step to laying down your pride. I'm just going to speak to all the men for just a second, but if it's foggy and you can't see, are you going to pull over? Are you going to stop on the side of the road, try to Gather yourself and go, okay, I need to be careful for just a second. There's something inside of us, and it's called pride, that causes us to try to desire, you know, I think I can just push through this. And I just want to stand here in January at the very beginning of the year and prophetically pro prophesy this over our lives. Do not do that. Stop for just a second and inquire of the Lord, God, what are you doing in my life in this year? Would you clearly show me what you're about in this season? And I am going to, in humility, I am going to humble myself and I'm going to submit to your plan in this year. If you can do that, then there's a blessing that's involved in the rest of this year for your life. Now, here's the thing that I, I, I want to kind of bring to your attention is as we're praying and asking for clarity, clarity may come progressively. It may not happen instantaneously. 
I want you to look at verse 27, and we're going to read on. And it's really interesting to me how Mark lays this out in his gospel, this, this account of this blind man being healed. And one of the things that I want you to just pay attention to as we continue to read in Mark's gospel is that we're right at the halfway point of his gospel. There's about 16 chapters, and we're in chapter 8. And right in the middle of this passage, or of this, this entire book, here is this man, and I feel like that this healing of this blind man is really relevant to the message that what the Bible tells us is that Mark wrote this. There is a unique expression through John Mark that's coming that Matthew didn't have, that Luke didn't have, and that John didn't have. But Mark is being what the Bible says, moved along by the Spirit, and he's writing in an inspired way to give us the gospel. And so I just think it's interesting what Mark does with this account of this blind man getting healed because as he's talking about this man who literally was blind and literally got healed, he starts to talk about spiritual blindness. And he starts to talk about not being able to perceive and specifically how the disciples struggled to, to spiritually perceive what was going on around them about Jesus. Listen to this, verse 27. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now listen, if you're asking for clarity today, clarity may come progressively. And as you think about that, there's this stubborn blindness that we sometimes wrestle with. And stubborn blindness takes persistence. Think about this man that Jesus just healed. These people brought this man to, to Jesus and they knew he was blind and they really heard that they had heard that Jesus was doing miracles and that he was giving the blind sight and causing the lame to walk and, and raising the dead. And so they brought this blind man to Jesus and like, hey, could you do something for this guy? And Jesus takes him outside of the village spits in his eye, lays his hands on his eyes, and says, okay, do you see anything? And he says, you know, I see some men, and they look like they're walking around like trees. And there's this fuzzy perspective. In essence, the blindness had not completely been healed. There was this stubborn blindness that this man was struggling with, and Jesus prays again. He didn't stop after the worst. And I just think that some of us, if we were here today and, and we wanted to pray for McCoy, he can't see. He said, you know what, let's pray for McCoy, and today's the day that we're going to pray for McCoy. And he, could, he told us, he's like, you know what, I see people, but they look like fuzzy monsters. I feel like on a certain day, if you caught me on the right day, I'd be like, praise God. He saw something, and we'd stop. Jesus was like, okay, you can see some men, and it's a little bit fuzzy. Let's ask again. And he lays his hands on him again, and he takes his hands off, and he says, what do you see? And he says that he can see clearly. Clearly. Here's the thing I want you to see about the spiritual blindness that the disciples were struggling with. For the first half of Mark's gospel, 
If you read through it and you pay attention to what's going on in the disciples' spiritual journey with Christ, they were struggling to see who Jesus is, the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. As a matter of fact, whenever Peter, if you remember whenever Peter decided to follow Jesus, Jesus climbed up in his boat and he said, hey, I want you to push off from the shore and I want to teach the people. And then he told him to put his nets over in the, in the, in the water. And it says that there was such a great catch of fish And Peter saw that there was something different. There was something holy about Jesus. And he says, you need to depart from me for I'm an unclean man. And Peter was invited by Jesus that day to follow him. And so he began to follow Jesus. And as they're walking along, it says that Philip, I'm sorry, that Andrew and and Peter went and told Philip, hey, come see this man who we think is the Christ. There's, there was kind of this, this season of wrestling with this for the disciples of, man, could this guy really be the guy? Who else does miracles like this? Who else preaches with authority like this? And there was this half yes, maybe 75% yes, maybe it was 95% yes, I don't know. But there was this wrestling that was going on in the disciples of who he is, and Jesus brings them to this moment, and he says, who does everybody say that I am? And they're like, yeah, somebody say you're a great guy. You're kind of like Gandhi. You're really good. Done some good stuff like Martin Luther King. And Jesus turns the tables and is like, oh, that's great. Who do you say that I am? And there's this defining moment for Peter specifically, but for the disciples, and Peter stands up with confidence. He says, you are the Christ. And so for the first half of Mark's gospel, these, the disciples are struggling to perceive who Jesus is. But listen, from this point forward, they struggle with something different. There's this stubborn blindness. And just like this blind man who could see fuzzy things, and he says, I could see some men, but they look like trees walking around. These disciples could see something. They could see the fact that Jesus was the Christ, but they couldn't see clearly because from this point forward, they struggled with something different, and that was the fact that the Christ had to suffer, that he had to die, and that he would be vindicated through his resurrection. They struggled with it so much. This is is kind of mind-boggling to me. It says in, in Mark's gospel that from that time on, Jesus began to teach his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, that he must suffer, that he must be rejected, and that he would die. I want you to know something. The disciples should not have been surprised whenever they saw Jesus hanging on a cross. Jesus told them plainly. That was the word that I stressed to you whenever we just read. Jesus told them plainly, this is what's fixing to happen to me. But they couldn't see it. And because they couldn't see it, they couldn't receive it. To the point where Peter began to argue with Jesus. And he was like, this is never going to happen to you. As a matter of fact, in Matthew's gospel, he actually tells us what Peter says. Peter pulls Jesus to the side and it says he began to rebuke the Christ. He began to rebuke God. And he said to him, far be it from you, Lord. This will never happen to you. Listen, there's some things that God wants to do in your life this year. And if you can't see them clearly, you're going to argue with God. That is the danger of not having clarity and not having vision for the road ahead. Whenever God begins to try to pull you into his divine plan for not just your entire life, but for this moment in your life. If we can't see clearly 
then we'll begin to argue with the Lord and we'll begin to wrestle with Him and we'll begin to rebuke Him and we won't be on the same page. Clarity is so important. That's why I feel like that last week I talked to you about fasting shouldn't be an abnormal thing in the life of a Christian. Fasting and taking times of, of consecration in our life is something that we need to do. Why? So that we're in sync with God. So that the flesh is not our master and He is. So that whenever God says, hey, I want you to take, take a little detour to the right, we say, okay, God, I trust you because He sees all things. Now listen, just because you have stubborn blind, blindness doesn't mean that it can't be removed. Stubborn blindness is something that has to be conquered with persistence. And so I want to talk to you about that persistence this morning. And so if you're here and you're afflicted, let me give you two things before I move on. If you're here and you're afflicted with some stubborn blindness in your journey, two things I feel like God just kind of put in my spirit for me that I want to share with you. Number one, stop and come to Jesus. If you have fogginess on the path before you, do not be too proud to stop and seek the Lord. And say, God, what is it that you have for me? Don't just try to press through. Don't just try to do it on your own. Don't, don't do that self-reliance thing, but rely on the Lord. The second thing is don't settle for fuzzy improvements. If you're dealing with some, some kind of this stubborn blindness, and God does something and He gives you a little bit of light and you can kind of see a little bit dimly, don't settle for fuzzy improvements. Keep coming back to the Lord and say, God, would you give me clarity? That is the word prophetically that I hear God speaking over and over and over to me as we step into 2020. Clarity, clarity, clarity. God wants to give us clarity. And so if you're in a moment in your life where you need clarity, seek it from the Lord. Amen? So how will clarity come? The Word of God will be your primary source of clarity in this season of your life. The Word of God will be your primary source of clarity. I want you to write these two verses down. and You can go back and read. I'm going to put them up on the screen for you, but I want you to just write them down for future reference as you can kind of meditate on these and, and, and think about them a little bit more in depth. We're going to read Psalm 119, 105, and many of you know this, this psalm so well. You know this verse so well, but I want you to read this from a fresh perspective today. And so, God, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying today through this verse. Psalm 119, 105 says, and this is a psalm, and he's talking about the Word of God. All throughout Psalm 119. In 105, he says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet. It's illumination for my feet, and it's a light for my path. Your word, so I want you to think about the illustration that I used at the very beginning about driving up to the church in the dark that morning, and it was foggy. If I had not had my lights on, I would have been doomed. I mean, I literally, I had my headlights on, and I almost drove past the church because you couldn't see the parking light lots. Parking lot. Yeah, parking lot. Lights. Sorry. You couldn't see that there was a building and there were lights on in the building and I saw the curb break. That's what I saw, literally. And if I wouldn't have had my lights, I would have just kept driving to Amarillo. Listen, we need illumination for the path before us. What God's Word said is, my Word is that illumination. 
If you need something to light up your path and you need clarity, you really need to lean into the, to the Word of God. Here's the second passage I want you to write down, Psalm 25.4. Before I read you this, I want to I go back to Psalm 119. In Psalm 119.105, he says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord. According to your word, accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. Say teach. Teach me your way. Teach me your precepts. Teach me your rules. Listen to Psalm 25.4. This is the prayer of David. He says, show me your ways. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. This is what happens whenever we begin to, to, to seek God and trust His Word to be the illumination for the path before us, is God is going to begin to teach you not just direction in the path that you should take, but His ways and His path. Listen, if you're going to embark on a spiritual journey with God, make no mistake about it, He takes it His personal duty to teach you not just the direction for your life, but to teach you how to live your life. Not just the direction to walk, but actually how to walk. And so whenever he begins to mess with some of your bad habits, I just want to tell you right up front, expect that. Because here is what David's saying. He's saying he gets into this place of submission, and he's asking the Lord for direction. And in that asking, he asks, teach me your ways. Not just the way, but teach me your ways. How do I do this life? How do I be your husband? How do I be a father? How can I deal in business in a way that's going to prosper and be ethical? How do I approach life from a God point of view that's going to be blessed? The Word of God will be your primary source of clarity. And I'm not just talking about the written Word of God. So last week I encouraged you to get a, a, a Bible reading plan. And for those of you who are, who are into that kind of thing... And we have those in the foyer and they're available. But here's the thing I want you to know is if you grabbed one of those, do not become a slave to this piece of paper. Don't do it. I'm not just talking about the Word of God is going to be your source of clarity, but the Word of God and the Word of the Spirit. They, they go hand in hand. That's something that God speaks to us through His Word. And His Word teaches us His ways. And so as we, as we seek a, a point of clarity in our lives, there's this real thing that you're going to have to do where you're exposing yourself to the Word of God and attuning your ears to the Word of God. You know Jesus is the Word of God, right? And not only do, should you read the black and white words and the red letters and all those different things in your Bible, but you should listen to the Word of God to speak to you because He is alive. He wants to speak to you. If you wanted to ask the Lord if you're supposed to take that job or not, reading Psalm 117 is not going to tell you whether you should take that job or not. The Spirit of the Lord is. And so it's not either or, it's both and to where we attune ourselves to the Word of God, the Word of the Lord in our lives, to seek Him for what He's saying right now. Now here's the last thing I want to share with you about clarity. Clarity does not mean that you're going to know it all. And I want to just put this preface the rest of what I'm going to say with this. Clarity doesn't mean that you're going to know everything. I want to share this, this story with you about some prayer time that I had with the Lord uh, last week. 
And I've been praying for something specific from God for, for a while, and it's, it's a little bit personal, and so I'm just not going to share it with you. But I've been praying about this in, just in this persistent way of just keep come, bringing this back to the Lord. God, what are you doing? I need clarity. And I really do. That's my prayer. I need clarity about this subject in my life. And I remember praying this prayer last week, and I was uh, just having a really powerful uh, prayer time. And, and uh, I just asked God, God, when is this going to happen? And I was asking God for the when. W-H-E-N. When is this going to happen? And I asked God this specific question. I said, is this going to happen in three months or in 13 years? I mean, I just, I just need to know. And the Lord just spoke to me so clearly. He gave me clarity. He spoke to me so clearly. He said, Jory, what does it matter in your day-to-day dealings with me if this happens in three months or 13 years? And I just kind of, it kind of hit me right in my heart. And I was like, had to think about it. I thought, man, that's a really great question, God. And I just sat there and I thought, it doesn't change anything in my day-to-day life. Because the thing that I was asking God for is so big, it's going to require God to set the whole thing up. You ever pray those prayers? It was like, the thing that I'm asking God for is is, is kind of a big life thing. And it's going to require God's hand to actually pull it off. And so God was basically just kind of giving me this clarity of, Jory, who is it that's going to do this? Me or you? And I had to go, yeah. It doesn't change anything that I'm responsible for because, God, you're the setup man. And that was the word of the Lord for me in that moment. Is that, God, I trust you to set all this up. And honestly, all I'm called to do is do the next thing that you're asking me to do. That is what you're going to be having whenever you experience spiritual clarity. See, whenever the fog lifts, you can see down the road clearly, can't you? But can you see to Dallas? No. Even in 100% visibility, you cannot see everything forever. And so don't expect that God is going to line out every single detail of your life for the next 25 years whenever you begin to seek clarity from Him. He is going to give you clarity on that next thing that you're responsible for. What is it that you're supposed to be doing right now? And if you are faithful with that next thing, God will set up the rest. Amen? I want to ask the worship team to go ahead and come on up here. And congregation, if you would stand with me, those who are going to serve communion, if you'll get the elements ready. And I want to pray something really specific this, this morning before we conclude the services. <clears throat> By the way, while everything's getting set up, I want to just encourage you, if you're new with us here at GTF and um, you've never... Uh, worshiped with us before. We're fixing to take communion. Uh, we'll close up the service this morning with worship. I'm going to pray a prayer just of response to the message that's been given, but it, everybody is welcome to come to the table. If you are here today and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're welcome at the table. And so here in a couple minutes, there's going to be four stations serving every single section. Just follow the, the people in front of you. And if you're on the front row, you're responsible to lead the rest of <laughs> So this is what I want to do this morning is um, if you're here today and you need clarity, and that whenever I was speaking that word clarity, that's resonating with you, and you're like, yeah, that's exactly where I am. I feel like I'm driving down the road in the fog and dark, and I need to be able to see. I want to ask you to just raise your hand, and I want to pray for us this morning. 
And I want to pray specifically for those who are wrestling with this right now. But I believe this is a word, this is the word of the Lord for all of us, is that we need clarity from God. And here's the thing I want to pray. Father God, would you supply the clarity that we need through your word? For these people who have their hands raised, God, we have pulled over on the side of the road. We've had we've admitted that it's a dangerous condition, and we need your assistance. And so we humble ourselves before you today, Jesus. And we ask you, God, that you would come and intervene in our lives. I pray, God, that you would begin to speak and speak clearly. And by the name of Jesus, the authority of the name of Christ, I release a spirit of prophecy over you. God, that it wouldn't come from a man, but that it would come directly from your lips, Jesus. Allow them to hear what the Spirit is saying to them. Allow them to see the road ahead clearly. I pray, Father, that as they open their Bible and they read your word, that they, that they would begin to see what you're doing, that they would begin to hear what you're saying. And I want to teach you this simple prayer that I pray whenever I read my Bible, okay? And my, my trust is that as you pray this over your time in God's word, that he's going to begin to speak to you clearly, and you're going to listen I read my Bible and I typically ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, this question. I say, Holy Spirit, pray that with me. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through your word? And Father, I pray that as we pray that prayer, that we would be able to hear you clearly. Give us courage to obey you at every turn whenever you show us the way before us. In Jesus' name, amen.